0: Podcast number 628 for the 3rd of February, 2019. This week, sometimes getting rid of an application you no longer want calls for more than just Windows add and remove programs. Fortunately, there are several good uninstallers to choose from. In short circuits, if you're looking for a program to help with a specific task, Captera might be worth looking at. The service provides free software reviews. Apple will probably fix the problem soon, but the FaceTime application currently allows callers to listen before you answer a call, and in some cases, turn on the camera. In spare parts only on the website, pianos used to be gigantic instruments, many still are, but electronic pianos that are no larger than the keyboard of a full-size piano are often able to match the sound of traditional pianos. Would you prefer to see your sports team go down in flames or have to call a plumber? The results of a survey may surprise you. And yes, there is sort of a tenuous connection to technology here. Microsoft Windows has an option to uninstall applications, but it doesn't always work quite right so there are third-party applications that can help. This week, we'll take a look at some of them. Although the Windows Add and Remove Programs function, which depends on the application's own uninstall process, works well most of the time, you'll need more power in some cases. Revo Uninstaller and the iobit Uninstaller are two of the best known, but you might also want to take a look at CCleaner, Geek Uninstaller, and Ah Shampoo Uninstaller. All but one of these have free and paid versions. We'll start with Revo. It's available for free or for $25 or $35 per year. The free version has no support, while the paid versions offer perpetual support and updates for one year. The more expensive paid option, the one for $30 a year, is portable and it is licensed per user, while the basic Pro version is licensed per computer. The application can monitor installation locations and the registry to ensure that programs are completely removed when you uninstall them. A forced uninstall option also is able to remove remnants left behind by the application's own uninstaller. You'll find a link to download the Revo Uninstaller and all of the other uninstallers on the TechBiter Worldwide website this week. That's www.techbiter.com. Ah, shampoo Uninstaller. There is no free version here, and it'll cost you $40 or maybe $20. The company's website teases with promotional discounts that appear to be time-limited, but they probably aren't. I don't like that approach to marketing but Uninstaller 8 does more than just remove programs you might want to eliminate. It also provides some feedback and guidance. At the initial installation, you'll have the opportunity to start a 10-day trial, extend the trial to 30 days, or purchase a license. An overview page will recommend enabling the monitoring process so the program can log installations automatically. If you don't do that you can still use the uninstaller's installation function to add a program. The uninstaller can also remove pre-installed Windows apps and browser plugins from Internet Explorer, Edge, Chrome, and Firefox. The uninstaller shows installed programs and display ratings based on feedback from users, and when it removes a program, The application shows how many files have been deleted, how much disk space those files consumed, and which registry entries have been removed. A tools section reveals a variety of other utilities, including file recovery, file and directory wiping, a disk cleanup tool, a registry manager, startup and services management, and a file association manager. So it's more than just an uninstaller. The iobit uninstaller also has a free version, or you can pay $20 per year for up to three computers. The program is updated regularly to keep up with new applications that you might want to uninstall, and it can remove toolbars and plugins, including ones that have been installed by sneaky applications. The interface looks a lot like the Ashampoo uninstaller. The IObit uninstaller can also remove applications installed from the Windows Store and built-in Windows apps. The application can't track programs as they're installed as some of the other uninstallers can do, and the developers seem to have thought it'd be a good idea to display advertisements for the company's other applications. That is also something that Ashampoo does. The IObit uninstaller has several useful utilities among them a software updater that keeps track of installed programs and can update them, so just about all of your update needs should be covered by this utility, applications that update themselves, Ninite, and the Windows updater. There's also a utility that displays some of the installed Windows updates and allows the user to uninstall them as desired. There's a file shredder that permanently removes files you want to delete by overwriting them after deleting them. You'll find an uninstall history that lists applications iobit has removed, along with files and registry keys that were deleted. And there's simple access to restore points. A lot of useful functions there. CCleaner has been around for a long time to clean up disk space and resolve registry problems. There's a free version, or you can pay $20 a year. And CCleaner also has a function that uninstalls applications. During the sales process, you'll be prompted to add CCleaner's other applications and to order the software on disk instead of just downloading it. That raises the price to $40 a year. As with several of the other applications, the paid version offers real-time monitoring of applications when they're installed and some support for users. There is no option to force uninstall applications but the application attempts to remove everything an unwanted program has installed, and CCleaner's regular cleaning function should identify anything the uninstaller missed. There's the Geek Uninstaller, and now it doesn't uninstall Geeks, it uninstalls software. There are free and $25 versions. I consider this one to be a good choice for two reasons. First, you don't have to install it. Just download the zipped file, extract the executable, and run it. Second, even the free version offers forced uninstall options that can remove a broken program, as well as applications that a developer has made intentionally difficult to remove. It also can identify applications that have no built-in uninstaller. Yes, there are some of those. For example, it found Hotkey, that's a Lenovo component, that is not present in the Windows add and remove function. This is good, but it does open the door to accidentally removing something that's important. The paid version includes a real-time installation monitor to track when programs are installed and where their various components are installed. There's also an option for removing applications in batches because the pro version includes the monitor application it does need to be installed the paid version has a perpetual license instead of the annual fee charged by most of the others. So, despite the fact that the Windows uninstaller is generally serviceable, having a more powerful application ready when it's needed is a good idea. Both the Ah Shampoo uninstaller, which has no free version, and the iobit uninstaller with a free version and $20 for up to three computers, seem to be the applications with the largest number of features. Otherwise, the free version of Geek Uninstaller is a good choice if you want to avoid fees, and Revo's paid version has a perpetual license, but there are no updates or support after the first year. In short circuits, what do you do when you're looking for software? You might have heard or seen advertisements for Capterra – that's a web-based service that claims to help businesses find software solutions – so I decided to take a look. The site says that it features, and I quote here, "...validated user reviews and independent research across hundreds of business software categories." The service is free for users because vendors pay Capterra when they receive web traffic and sales opportunities. The service lists all vendors, not just the ones that pay. When displaying results, you can choose from four options. The default is sponsored. In this case, vendors bid for placement within the listings, and this option sorts the directory by those bids highest to lowest. Vendors who bid for placement can be identified by an orange Visit website button on their listing. Another option is for highest rated. This sorts listings by overall star rating based on user reviews, highest to lowest. Now that can be a little bit misleading because an application with five five star reviews would have better ratings than another application with 5,000 five star reviews and 101 star reviews. You can sort by applications that have the most reviews. And the fourth option is to sort by hot products. Capterra says that this means it sorts the listings by the number of visitors who requested a demo or trial from the vendor in the past 30 days, most to least. Capterra also pays individuals who write reviews of applications. The reviews vary considerably from those written by people who understand software testing and evaluation to those who, well, charitably speaking, don't. Captera does reject some reviews, but those seem to be the ones written by people who really don't understand the rules for reviewers. In part, I think this is Capterra's fault because finding the guidelines on the company's website was difficult. The site promises a full set of guidelines on the company's privacy policy page. Well, that's about the last place I'd think to look for that. And in fact, the guidelines for reviewers are on a sub page called Community Guidelines. On a separate site not associated with Capterra, one reviewer complained that reviews were rejected because the reviewer hadn't used the application within the past year. The Capterra review team provided a link to the guidelines. The payments are low, so don't expect to become a wealthy reviewer. Nonetheless, most of the reviews of Capterra, both by people who have written reviews and those who have used it to find software, seem to be positive particularly among those reviewers who have read the rules and are willing to follow them. Those who use Captera to obtain information about applications they're considering are overwhelmingly positive about it, but there are some inconsistencies. For example, I'm familiar with a number of website design applications. Captera has reviews for more than 100 of them, from WordPress with more than 6,000 reviews to several with just one review, and several dozen that are just listings without any reviews. Oddly, though, Adobe Dreamweaver is missing. Dreamweaver is one of the best-known website development tools, but it's not there. Adobe Creative Cloud is listed and has 2,800 reviews, but there are no reviews for the individual applications. That seems like a bad choice. Likewise, Capterra lists Microsoft Excel and PowerPoint, but oddly not Word. Captera says it has more than half a million reviews, having reached that number last year, and says that more reviews were published in the first half of 2018 than in the eight years between 2008 and 2016. The top five applications reviewed are graphic design, presentation, network security, web conferencing, and meeting platforms. Captera was founded in 1999. It was acquired in 2015 by Gartner Research. Clearly, this can be a useful tool for anyone who's trying to find the right application for a particular task. It is intended for use primarily by small and medium businesses, but individuals may also find it to be helpful. There's a link to the Captera website from the TechBiter Worldwide website. that your iPhone might be spying on you. 9 to 5 Mac reports there is what they call a serious bug in Apple's FaceTime application. It seems that calls placed via FaceTime allow the caller to listen to audio from the called phone before the person who's been called answers. Though it can also be used to activate the phone's camera. All right, so how serious is this? Well, it's not something that can be hidden from the person who's being called. The phone will indicate that there is an incoming call, of course, and presumably the ability to see and hear what the phone sees and hears ends when the caller terminates the call, or the called person refuses the call. 9to5Mac says it has been able to reproduce the issue with an iPhone X calling an iPhone XR, but it's believed to affect any pair of iOS devices running iOS 12.1 or later. The online article, and by the way, there's a link to the online article from this week's TechBiter Worldwide, that article explains how to demonstrate the issue using your own Apple smartphone. So, if you're discussing something you'd prefer to keep secret, say, for example, you plan to steal the gold stored at Fort Knox, well, you should stop talking if you hear the sound of an incoming FaceTime call. 9to5Mac says that pressing the power button turns on the video feed to the remote phone, and believes there are other ways to start the video feed. In the meantime, Apple has taken group FaceTime down until they can figure out how to solve the problem, and that's expected within a few days. Until that happens, maybe turning FaceTime off might be a good idea. The problem also affects FaceTime calls made to Mac OS computers. There's no spying from spare parts, though, but it's only on the website. This week, pianos. They used to be gigantic instruments. Many still are, but electronic pianos that are no larger than a keyboard on a full-size piano are often able to match the sound of those traditional pianos. And would you prefer to see your sports team go down in flames or call a plumber? The results of that strange survey may surprise you, and yes, there is sort of, kind of a